Hey, dear listeners, today's guest is the amazing actress, screenwriter, producer, and director Pamela Adlin, who you probably know from King of the Hill, Californication, Louie, and her award-winning Better Things. Before we begin the episode, I want to tell you how grateful I am for all of your letters and feedback. I always knew that the unqualified community was comprised of some really cool and amazing people and you continue to prove it to me. So here are two of your letters. The first is from Jessica to Katie, who we called with Fortune Feimster. Katie, I am you, or should I say I was you. When I was 19, I got engaged to my high school boyfriend. Behind closed doors, our sex life was mediocre. The household chores were incredibly one-sided, me doing everything, and his lack of maturity was obvious. I was so blinded by the ring on my finger and a new last name that I ignored all of these signs. I also ignored the warnings of my family, my friends, my bridesmaids. Even my maid of honor told me I shouldn't do it. Did I listen? Of course not. I got married at 20. Soon I resented him, the house we had bought, and our marriage entirely. I hated being around him, hated it all. I finally pulled the plug and filed for divorce after a year and a half. He seemed surprised, saying that I thought we were so happy. Like Anna and Fortune said, if both of you put in the effort, maybe you can turn things around, but be wary. It's hard. I'd recommend holding off on the wedding to give yourself time to think. Figure out if you can make things right or if you should leave the relationship. You'll feel so much better in the long run. My ex-husband would always say things like, oh, in 20 years, this won't matter. And I would cringe. 20 years with him sounded dreadful. I should have listened to myself and to everyone close to me who knew I wasn't happy before the I do's. Katie, my love and best wishes on this endeavor. It is so hard to be in those shoes. I will say I am now happily married to someone else and we have two beautiful children. It gets better and it can be easy. All my love to you, Anna and Fortune. You guys are amazing and congratulations on your engagement, Anna. Love, Jessica. Thank you so much, Jessica. This next letter is from Donna who writes, Hi, Anna and Cassie. I spoke to you guys and Whitney in early December about my relationship of three years and how I was ready for the next step, but it seemed like he wasn't. Well, he proposed last night. Thank you so, so much for your advice to be open and talk about marriage and our future. It got the ball rolling for us and here we are engaged. Much love to you all. Hope to hear from you soon. Hugs and kisses, Donna. Thank you, Donna. Thank you, Jessica. And thank you, dear listeners. I truly love you guys. Please help the unqualified community grow by sending us your questions, your answers, and your stories. Just go to our website, unqualified.com. And now, here she is, Pamela Adlett. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Unqualified with your host, Anna Ferris. Somebody asked me about good luck charms, um, yeah. you know, and things like that. I really try not to get attached to objects or anything like that. And I try to get the superstitious things out of my head. But if somebody says the name from the Shakespeare play, I'm like, get the fuck out of the building, go outside, turn around three times, don't come back in until you do it. And hey, dear listeners, Pamela just kicked out the team like right before we started recording to give me step parenting advice, (laughs) which was pretty rad because she did it in the sweetest way. I mean, it wasn't that sweet. She was just like, okay, everybody leave, everybody out, everybody out, we got to talk. And 
And I want to be in a place in life yeah. where it's like, I'm friendly, I'm cool, I'm nice, but get out sometimes. Yeah. They're smiling. Yeah. Um, first of all, Better Things, it's such a fucking good show. Thank you. I like it too. I drank my own Kool-Aid. Uh, yeah, well, you should. Because it's fucking brilliant. Thank you. I was thinking today about how every day I wish I had a better vocabulary because finding the right word is sometimes so difficult. But I know. This is what I tell my writers. What? Don't use the word amazing. But that's what they do on Give The Bachelor all the time. Yeah, because they have such... They, don't, they can only use 60 words. So if you give somebody something, if you give them like a little goal, a little discipline, let me try to use any other word but amazing or incredible. Awesome. Right. There's a lot. <laughs> I can't think of any right now, but... <laughs> but I love the, how the genre bleeding your show is. It's like genre uh, blending. Blending. Maybe. Because there are tonal shifts in your show that happen abruptly that are, you know, very true to life, that are jarring in the best of ways. It's a challenging show to watch because it's hysterical and it's, I hate to use the word poignant. I like poignant. Okay, thanks, Pam. I love poignant. I like to have feelings. Uh, You know, I'm somebody who just... I love the way a song can move you or, you know, colors make you feel or just walking outside today. Today is the best day. All of L.A. in February is the greatest thing in the world. I live for it. The cool air and then the sun. And it's just, you know, you're in a magical place. And so I love that feeling. So for me, it's all about all the different feelings that I can instill in the show. And when you say my show is a comedy, you're not doing it a service because it's not a comedy. Yeah, Your show's a comedy, but it's poignant too. Well, it was so hard for me when I first moved to Los Angeles in 99. So I met I, I you near when yeah, you just moved Yeah, because that was probably here. like 2001. Because you did King of the Hill. Yeah, I, th- I truly think I had two lines. Jams and jellies. I really liked those lines. It's fun to say jams and jellies. Jams and jellies. But then when you took off, I was like, I know her. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Thanks, Pamela. Yeah. But uh, the idea of like the separation of comedy and drama felt like I just didn't quite understand why there were only two lanes. It felt like in that world. Well, it's just labels. It's just labels. And I feel like that's what the world is struggling with right now. They just don't want to have labels anymore. Yeah. Okay. I was thinking yesterday, something that I wanted to talk to you about specifically, because we're in the industry and we're uh, like, you know, over 40. I was thinking about the idea of jealousy. And I was Mm -hmm. thinking about how one of the nice things I've noticed about getting older is that either I don't have the energy or the mental capacity to be as jealous as I used to be. Mm -hmm. And I think that... Of other women, do you you mean? That's usually where my jealousy comes from. Mm -hmm. Like when I clock a jealousy... It's usually another woman or, or you know, it's some, usually somebody in our profession. Mm-hmm. I think, man, I want to, I love that role. Or mm-hmm. or why is this thing agitating me? What feels somewhat irrational, you know, in an irrational way. Yeah. And I don't like that. You know, it's like it's this other thing that's having control. It makes you feel powerless and that sucks. What's your relationship with women in general or friends or like do you have? It's you- totally changed for me in terms of, you know, kind of coming out of this K-hole of raising three daughters for the past 20, almost three years, you know, it's exactly that. So there was a point a few years ago where I kind of was like, oh, wait, I have friends. 
And I just, this village became a part of my kids. I was sharing my kids with my friends and my friends with them. And that's that's my love life. Like just really enjoying, I, really enjoying, cherishing. Enjoying it enormously because the thing is, I have a line in my show this season, and you'll see it when you see it, but I say women need to be brothers to each other. 100%, completely. And I kind of really got into women and my female friendships in my life. And it's up to us to adjust. If you immediately have an allergy to somebody and you're like, oh, okay, this bitch, you know, you have that feeling. But the reality is it's you. So if somebody's like a know-it-all or if somebody's, you know, irritating or something like that, I feel like I've failed if I haven't made that work. But some people you just you just can't, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not for everyday use. You can't be around them too much. I was watching an interview that you did. I think it was Jimmy Kimmel. And you you talked about, you know, being 50. I was thinking about this because you talk about age in a way. Yeah. And I, I was thinking about how we betray each other with our shame of age a bit. Like, yeah. So anyway, I'm trying to give you a roundabout compliment that I loved how you're like, this is my life. Well, I remember being obsessed with the fact that I had to get my birth age off of IMDb oh. because they literally, it was just like a fucking conspiracy to just bury everybody with our birthdays. It really was a nightmare and the age shaming was crazy and anybody who's like over 40 or in their 50s or whatever, we were in a frenzied panic right. to cover our age up so much so that when I turned 50, I didn't even realize that I was 50. I'd been lying about my age for so long. And then the fucking internet told me I was 50. And I was like, oh, shit. And it's funny because I noticed that I started to lose my neck. My jawline started to disappear. The second I got my own show, I'm like looking through the fucking camera. I'm like, what the fuck is happening right now when I need the jawline? God damn it. I know. But exciting thing is look at Jeannie Berlin who is in Succession and she's in Hunters the new Jordan she's Peele so show amazing. you know it's like now it's cool now you're we're we're embracing it and once you stop fighting it once you say oh i'm not going to get botox or or whatever you just do whatever makes you feel okay completely we talked I just about need somebody this somebody at 104 when i'm 104 yeah. to be like oh my god you're 104 yeah you look great yeah that's when i want to hear it and you're spry as fuck yeah I just took yeah. up a uh, luge. Yeah, or, like, exactly. What's the thing where the horses dance? Uh, Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> <laughs> I just took up horse dancing with the Cirque, you know? Well, uh, Pammy, Pammy, come join me. <laughs> dressage? Dressage, yes, thank so, you. Yes. Fuck yes. <laughs> yeah, the horsey dancing. Yeah. Pam, I'm dancing with the horses now. <laughs> Okay, to get back to your show, because it's so raw and so reflective, it's difficult to define, it's so smart, and you've been a very honest performer for a long time now. Were there moments that felt like, oh, this scene, like afterwards, that you felt a degree of liberation? Or um, like, I was really good there? Well, m more... I never I felt that. 
you know, I never really studied because my mom, t- <laughs> she she told me this story the other day that she's told me 50 million times. It doesn't make me want to drive my car into a brick wall anymore, <laughs> but... <laughs> because I have a show and I made a character of my mom. And so now I just look at her and I go, oh, this is funny. This shit is funny. But my mother said to me the other day, because we have a friend staying over with us from Copenhagen. And your mom's your neighbor. My mother is my neighbor, the lady next door. And you're the landlord. I'm the landlord. So I threaten eviction all the time. <laughs> we have, to get, we have to get some like... <laughs> creepy notes that you just need to start putting on taping on the door. I know it's true. But she said that I went and I got a meeting with Beverly Heck. She was my first agent. And I just, I opened the phone book and I got her name and number out and I sat my parents down. I was 11 years old and I said, I got a meeting with an agent. I really want to act. I want to get an agent. And my mother took me and she had me read a Tide commercial, sides for a Tide commercial. And she comes outside and she says to my mother, never let her take an acting lesson. (laughs) I love that. Isn't that sweet? Which is... I'm reading about Ethel Merman right now, and it just said in the book that they said, it was like a a big studio head said, never take a singing lesson. So there's something to be said about, like, there's something natural. Totally. So you you didn't didn't accept that as a compliment till later? Well, I didn't didn't know that she said that to my mom. (laughs) But... I think I could have used some lessons. <laughs> Did you see me on the facts of life? Like robbing <laughs> Mrs. Garrett. <laughs> oh, the scope of the career. I need oh, it's to hear crazy. This tide commercial. I know I should try to mock up sides, but what was your first job then? My first job was a Mexican pudding commercial called Donnie Pudding, and it wasn't approved by the FDA, and so we had to do it in Spanish. <laughs> Not kidding. I wore the dress I wore to my brother's bar mitzvah. We shot it at the Beverly Hilton Hotel. You brought your own wardrobe. Brought my own fucking wardrobe. To the Beverly Hilton, though, that's... Yeah. And we had to dance, and I hated that I had to wear a dress, because I've always been a dude, and I just was like... And, uh, yeah. Que sabroso, muy cremoso. Es un postre especial. Why? Wow. Why do I... Here at I Red Robin, that? we always give good phone. We do. Oh, was that yours? Do it again. Here at Red Robin, we always give good phone. Oh, my God. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm, trying, I'm, trying. Yeah, yeah. I'm going back. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I also have my mom off camera was like, Amy, are you eating ice cream? And they say, not anymore. Because <laughs> I'm eating frozen yogurt. And I was hired because my face was full. I had like a full face. And oh, my so God. My mom didn't want me eating full fat ice cream. So I was. <laughs> anyway, that's a fun, like, ninth grade locker 
hallway conversation piece. Oh my god! Not anymore. Like oh god, oh, how do I? How about this one? Do I shrink? Do it with chicken. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait. I said, well, I first told those guys when they had a fajita pita, I said, do it with chicken. Do it with chicken. Next thing I know, those guys are doing it with chicken. Thanks, guys. I really want to be in the same retirement home. <laughs> I know, right? Let's retire together. William, my bell. <laughs> oh, my God. Do it with chicken. I remember do being with on wait, the so wait, street how- outside and somebody screaming, but- yo, do it with chicken. How old were you? I was like probably, I don't know, 19 or something. Oh, my God. When they first came out with the chicken fajita oh, pita. You, chicken. You can fucking look it up on YouTube right now. It's hilarious. <laughs> um, okay, so now I want to talk. My middle name is not Fiona. I don't know why the fuck the internet thinks my middle name is Fiona. It is what? not. What? Is that a th- really? Yeah, it's not. What, uh, I saw it on a piece this? of paper. It's not, because uh, take it off. All right. All right. I've contributed to Wikipedia. Now I deserve to set the record straight. Wait a minute. My middle name is Doctor. <laughs> what is your middle name? I don't discuss such right, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not fucking Fiona. <laughs> okay, so you weren't able to give me too many examples of liberation during acting. But can you think of any? For me, it was difficult for me to make the transition from, this is interesting because now I know what I can say to you. Okay. My whole oeuvre in the 80s was a boy. I was a boy. I played a boy on night court. Like I was pretending to be a boy. Were you like a, like were you in trouble with the law? No, like Bull, Richard Mall, the yeah, big, yeah. he wanted to foster a kid. And so <laughs> I pretended to be a boy. And then there's a big reveal at the end, oh uh, you know, God. and I come out in a dress. And that that always You're was a, a problem girl. for me. Exactly. Exactly. I did uh, the Red Fox show and the whole show, I am a boy and then they find me at the end and Rosanna DeSoto says, I can spot my own species. And so I did that. I did a movie called Something Special where I play a girl who wants to be a boy. So Seth Green sells me a crystal on the night of the eclipse and I throw it at the moon and I wake up and I have a penis. I'm not kidding. So this was all the stuff that I had in my early career. Every time I did a part, they would even put girl in the title. So like I played a character named Stevie and something and they wrote girl Stevie. So people would know. It's just like this bizarre time. Right. So then when I went from that, then all of a sudden, you know, when I had to do the girl shit, that was hard for me, you know? So like this one movie that they had to put girl in my name. It was called Bad Manners with Martin Mull and Karen Black. It was this crazy movie. And we break into a house and I was wearing a towel and I was really young. I was like 15 or something. And the director said, hey, Pam, what do you think if if your towel dropped and we saw your butt? And I was like, what? 
and I had to kiss this boy in the movie and he made me feel uncomfortable and I hadn't kissed a boy yet. And so it was all of that kind of stuff that I guess it was hard for me to get through because also I was a late bloomer and I didn't have a boyfriend until I was 18. And and then I remember I did a show called The Heights in Vancouver. There was a time we were all doing shit in Canada. Yeah. Wait, what was the Heights? It was called The Heights. Yeah, wait. Uh, I don't know. How do you talk to an angel? angel this, this really, yes. That's all I remember. <laughs> and so I had to like have like kind of a sex scene with this guy. And he he was like, we had to find condoms. And I felt very intimate. And I also felt like, wow, this is kind of like I'm I'm a girl. Like they're considering me to be a woman it was yes a transition for me you know and then kind of doing all of that stuff was just I never really thought of myself that way yes having to have any kind of sexuality on camera makes me incredibly nervous it's probably for me it's it's probably the hardest because I just don't fundamentally feel I mean I feel sexy but that's a very that's an intimate feeling and yeah I I remember try doing seven seasons of Californication oh my god (laughs) Oh my god! I like in the past. Like I had this co-star once. This really handsome guy, and when we had to kiss, though, it felt like he. I felt like he really didn't want to kiss me, and we had to do it. You know, whatever. And it felt like I jokingly say to my friends, or whatever, that it felt like trying to open up a clam with my mouth because it just felt like not that I wanted to tongue him or anything. It just yeah, it just felt like loosen sucked, up, baby. He sucked his lips in or something, which yeah. made me think that he didn't want to kiss. Which, and I was already feeling unattractive. He's yeah. a movie star, and so that idea is like, oh my gosh, he doesn't. That kind of thing haunts me. I'm, I'm getting a little bit better at it, but but you know what? This is crazy because this is a very relevant thing. Because now they have intimacy coordinators. That's right. And my friend Michael Arnold was like the first person who did that. He did it for The Wolf of Wall Street, for Scorsese. And he was the choreographer for Joaquin Phoenix and Joker. But I was like the nudity whisperer on Californication. So when people came in, I would be like, listen, don't worry. You're not going to do anything you don't want to do. I swear to God, because I was everybody's mommy. That's so nice, though. You know, so then... This season, we've got scenes in a locker room and and stuff that's intimacy. And my producer brought it up to me and I was like, 100%. I mean, if I think that, you know, I'm above that because I'm the ultimate mommy. I've been running my set for four seasons. I know what I'm doing better than anybody. No way. So I had this woman called Ma'am, who was the coolest woman come onto the set this season. I had some kids kissing. I had some kids who had to be in bed together. And it just made everything infinitely easier because you're just surrounded with love. And if you think back to that scene that you had with that guy, it's like, God damn it, if there was one other person who was there. Yeah. Hey, how did you deal like with your daughters, uh, like entering that world of... Heartbreak, sexuality, whatever. It was... Because you you seem like you must have always had very open communication with them. Absolutely. Oh, please. I was the mom that was like, okay, everybody should definitely... You know, if you feel like touching yourself, you should... They would be like, mom, ew! I'm like, but you should really do it uh, in your great. own room. Totally. 
I did at one point like they, have a no G-string policy because I didn't want to fucking see that. I was like running the best little whorehouse in Texas. Everybody's walking around in fucking lingerie, underwear. They're friends. I was like, I don't want to see that shit. Like, I mean, it's not that, you know, I was like Sally Kellerman and Fox is like, you're like... You're like 40-year-old midgets, and you mean ones, and you make me hate my hips. You make me hate my hips. And I remember Sally Kellerman in Foxes looking at Jodie Foster and Sheree Curie and all of them, and they're all beautiful and young, and she's, she, and she's a single mom. And I never like kind of connected those until oh. recently. And I was seeing my, my house with right. like... You know, the girls and, oh, right, 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 right. you know, yeah, their, yeah. their, their bodies changing and then um, their, you know, whoever was thirsty for boys or girls or whatever's going on. But I grew up in a very, I'm sorry, I can't say conservative. My mother would kill but me. I, my my mom's the same thing. Yes. Yes. That's my so mom funny. is like an atheist liberal, but she Don't was say so conservative. Sh- yes. So fucking so strict. So fucking strict. I could barely have friends over to hang out. And so... Yes, me too. Also, my mom didn't have any good food in the house. It was just all fucking healthy shit. I know. I never... I want Rice Krispie Streets one time in my childhood. Please, mom. One fucking marshmallow. friends. Anything. I don't need salad every night. Who's going to eat liver? Get me a dog so I can feed it the liver under the table. These are all true things that happened. But... So each daughter, you know, I always joke that that my oldest daughter is the burnt pancake, you know, because she's the first one. And she's like, thank you, mom, for instilling all of this stuff in me. And then like, you know, the baby's like the one who was raised by wolves because it was just at that point I had no zone defense three times over. So and the baby gets to witness you talking to your oldest daughter yes. like do get the fuck like do your fucking shit like exactly and so yeah all the different you know yeah. and then there of course you know the stereotype the girls with daddy problems we joke uh, we have a friend harrison gideon my oldest i was driving them and it was when their parents had split up too and so harris said we're just girls with daddy problems don't you want to date us <laughs> and then i'm good i'm all set but i'm learning with them you know and i feel like i'm a better mom now than i ever was your strict mom did she want you to wait until marriage oh you mean sex yeah nobody talked to me about anything nobody told me a fucking thing they just told me this was my mom's sex talk don't shave your legs you'll regret it for the rest of your life thanks mom Anything else? Don't, Anything don't, else? Don't shave your legs. You'll regret it for the rest of your life. And I was literally the hairiest child you've ever seen. Does she have a point there? She just, that was her thing. She told me to put lotion on my neck. That mm. didn't work. I My hair doesn't grow on my legs anymore. I could have used a sex talk. My eyebrows tried to grow together for a long time. Oh, yeah. I had a, yeah. And my mom was like, do not, whatever you do, don't shave your eyebrows. Okay, you, you might be tempted. And so then, of course, I went into the bathroom and I... You fixated. I got to yeah, get Yeah, I off. shaved them. And then it took like four years to like repair itself. 
It's like, maybe she had a point. Shirley MacLaine and postcards yeah. from the edge. <laughs> Ever since the studio shaved my eyebrows, don't let them bury me without my eyebrows. I came genius. home from school one day. My brother was 17, so I was 14. I came home from school one day, and my mom was shaking with rage. And I was like, uh, you know, whatever. Like my whole strategy during that time in my life, still I, I incorporated a little bit, was just lay low, you know, just slinking. Be quiet. But my mom was shaking with fury because, and I didn't know why. I was like, Mom, like, what's wrong? And she was shaking. She was like, I found a prophylactic in your brother's car. Mm. I knew that I should not ask what a prophylactic was. I had no idea. And my mom later told me that was the first time she'd ever seen a condom. But I remember it being a whole thing. Like, I was sent to my room. There was a whole, like... I don't know, 48 hours of intense discussion with my brother. I don't yeah. know what went on. I'm sure it was fun for him. We'll have to call him about that. Let's call him. Yeah. Well, I found I found a condom in one of my daughter's rooms, and I freaked out. I was like, what the fuck? And, and I, I took it, and I'm like, this is ridiculous. And I finally calmed down, and then I went back in the room, and I put it back. And oh, so I wait, thought, you didn't even confront her with it. You just freaked no. out. And also I How put it in my amazing. show in season one that my character is, she's getting busy and I don't have a condom. And I go into my daughter's room where I found the condom that I freaked out about and I steal it. <laughs> but here's the thing. They, they had like a sex education class and they handed out condoms. So you never know. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So I just got to keep this by my bed, mommy. Exactly. But you would rather them have condoms. Totally. Anybody's fucking. Totally. Yeah, completely. I mean, you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Yeah, and you become become the mom. Like, I became the mom that everybody came over to my house. And, like, if kids were drinking and. Oh, did that get you in trouble with other parents, though? That's what I said to my kids. I said, I don't want to be that. Right. Because it's hard in LA, anywhere, but in LA, parents are judgmental. No, it's crazy. It's crazy. I had like a poetry slam in my backyard a few years ago, and a bunch of students came, and the teachers too, but the teachers smoked more weed than the kids. So I wish that I could have had a m- more communication with my mom. And yeah. we, we're better now, for sure. But I think there's that thing of like, you know, not swearing in front of your kids. It's like, do they not fucking hear this? Of course they fucking hear it. So then doesn't it just become more tantalizing? And then and then there's like the, like, oh, the naughtiness of a fucking word. You can be open yeah. with your kids. And if your kids know you're not hiding anything from them, that's hey, what I mean about that, that app. You it's didn't like, hide anything from? From my kids? Yeah. No, there was there I mean, was a time on. eventually that they were like, "Mom, you smoke. I know you're smoking." <laughs> and I was like, "Okay." One day, I was like, I gathered them all. I was like, "Sometimes I, I like to smoke cigarettes, and I, I'm ashamed of it. It's a shameful fucking thing. And if I could take it back, I would take it back." And it was a very liberating moment for them. They were they were little, and I and it was just like their mom's saying yeah. the real truth. Yeah, that's giving them the respect. Exactly. That's exactly right. And, you know, now that they're all a bit older, they know they have to give each other the space and they check themselves, you know, instead of me having to do it all the time. That makes sense. 
This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Okay, so deal breakers. You don't have to talk about if you are single or not. Okay. Um, but these would be dating deal breakers. Yeah. Although, if you feel like... To, I'm 100% single. Okay. Um, I'm never dating, so let's have a fun... Ever? No. No. What do you mean? I'm like a monk. Come on. I swear to God. No, you say that now, but... I love it. (laughs) I love me alone. No, that's awesome. me. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. But would there be a kind of a fun adventure and just like... No, ew. No. Gross. (laughs) No. Definitive. But if I was... Then these are going to be... You're going to, like, probably negate all of these things. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. So his ex-wife lives in his guest house. That's fucked up. That's not even. <laughs> okay, but what if she's awesome? Uh, does he have kids? Do you guys uh, have kids? There's two kids. There's two kids that are off of college in the East Coast. I don't like it. He's a producer for a great he's like a culinary he's like a food network or like uh-huh. a travel channel producer or whatever douche <laughs> sorry I'm sorry I'm really trying to sell this before you like eliminate it quickly okay yeah. wait. she's awesome yeah you she, I like her yeah she's involved with a woman uh huh oh okay no. they have bring it on family dinners three times a week okay not a deal breaker at all see what look, what the, look at this I you have a friend. From, you who, went from being adamant. I know. And then I just switched you right around. I was just being one of those hoes. <laughs> I like it. I have a friend in a very similar situation. 100%. Crazily exactly what you just described. It's kind of beautiful, isn't it? I love it. I love it. Okay, but let's say this. I love that she's a lesbian. Okay, well, okay, let's let's <laughs> let's walk that back then. She's not a lesbian. Okay. She's I don't know. Let's say she's... It doesn't matter. It's just like if I like her and we're bros and they're still... You know, and then when the kids come back from college, yeah, it's good. I like it. It's good. Okay. All right. But I don't know if you know her well enough yet. (laughs) I love it. Okay. Next deal breaker. He quit his job as a partner at an architecture firm to start a techno rap group with his cousin. 
I don't like it. Okay, why? Well, why can't he do the group and keep the job? Well, he was really frustrated at the firm because even though he was named partner, he didn't feel like he was an equal partner. And also, right now, they're just doing, like, a bunch of, like, I don't know, office buildings or, like... How much money is he making at the He's upset with the gentrification of L.A., a little bit of downtown L.A. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, The gentrification? They fucking... (laughs) They so dropped the ball on downtown L.A. Anyway, he's a douche. No. But he's following his passion. No. Great. All right. (laughs) I don't know if I could turn you around with that one. No. What if he was... Starting like a, I don't know, a nonprofit or like a. You keep the architecture job and you start the nonprofit. You make it work. Practical Pamela. That's, that's what we right. call her. That's right. <laughs> okay. Practically perfect in every way. Twice a year, he goes to a nudist retreat. I love it. That was this almost. This is why I'm single. <laughs> and you know what? I was. I hate I all these men. He goes to a nudist retreat twice a year. Yeah, yeah. No. No, you don't like it? No. Why? By himself? Well, he wants to take you. I don't like it. Why? I don't like the communal nudity and the snail trails on okay, all the but chairs. What, no. if, what if he tells you? I don't like it. Like, you don't fully understand it until you experience it. I think it's a true liberation of self. It's not about sexuality at all. It's fine. <laughs> I just can't be in a relationship right now. It's fine. It's okay. so deal breaker. Okay, but the the natural hot springs at the retreat have some of the highest lithium levels in the country. But why why can't you wear a bathing suit? Oh <laughs> uh, no, it doesn't absorb the same. <laughs> I can't. No, it's just it's like a whole holistic It's, it's fine. Go go live your life. Really? It was fun being no together. Nudist? No, no I don't like it. No. Uh, okay, well, this is one that I've used I'm before, shy. but because you're so definitive, what about if on a date, like, let's say it's your second date, you have some, like, bacon-wrapped dates or something like that, as a, mm-hmm. and he just takes one off your plate, pops it in his mouth. First date? Second date. I'm fine with that. Me too. Although, I'm totally fine with it. In fact, I kind of think it's <laughs> rad. I do have a story. When I was, uh, when we moved out here for the second time I was in middle school and it went where did you move from Pamela New York okay and so it was K through eight and oh my god that must have been hard shit how did you do that yeah we did it every half year my my dad would get a job he'd move us to right, LA right, and back right. to New okay York so LA. you were you were okay with like like you understood yeah. like the different worlds yeah and so I sat with my friend and this is California I have an English mother remember and uh, this eighth grader sat across from us. We're three grades before him, so we're fifth graders. Uh, sixth graders, whatever it is. So um, I'm sitting with my friend, and, and this boy sits across from us, and he starts taking food off her plate and eating it, and I was shocked. I can't even believe you brought this up. I was shocked, and I said to him, why don't you get your own fucking food? And he took my food and he shoved it in my face what? and he got in a fight with me. What? And my brother Holy was shit. in the cafeteria and he's Dude. seeing a guy in his in his grade fighting with his little sister and then the principal had to walk me home. 
I was covered in food and I had a fight with an eighth grade boy because I thought it was really inappropriate. And I said to him, why don't you get your own fucking food? So maybe I would say that to the banana date stealer or whatever he took. Bacon wrap. You're like, you don't even know what you tapped into right now, you fuck. Yeah, you don't even know how triggering. (laughs) some shit. Triggering. (laughs) So funny. That's crazy. Yeah. I didn't like it. What did your brother do? I remember seeing him across the cafeteria and him just being like wigged out. My brother and I are really close. I love him dearly, but we didn't get along growing up at all. There's two moments where he like came to my rescue that I remember. And they were just like these moments of like dizzy. It's like when you watch those nature shows and whatever, really... like the, the male lion suddenly comes tearing out from wherever the fuck he's been to kill the hyena. I love that. <laughs> I wish that it's was like, the story what? in the cafeteria for Listen, me. Listen, it only happened. I think it actually only Listen. happened once. But most of the time it was like, he was your brother in the cafeteria. Yeah, I think he was. Get away, I don't know her. Exactly. I don't know that girl. Um, Okay, so after a nice first date, you go back to his place and he says that he wants to introduce you to the love. This is not my world. He wants to introduce you to the love of his life. His mother. Cat. Dog. Cat named April. Okay. I'm allergic. Deal breaker. (laughs) Oh, okay. Because I was going to test you a little bit with April being named after April Janikowski, who's the girl he lost his virginity to. Amazing. I like that. You do? Yes. Ah. (laughs) I think it's funny. Yeah. If you're on a second date with him, maybe. It's funny. Maybe I'd let him take the date. Yeah. Wait, I did say nice first date, didn't I? Yeah. All right. So, all right. And you went back to his place. You like him enough to go back to his place and and meet April. I want to get busy. I want to get that D. But get the cat. Get April out. (laughs) Come over here. (laughs) Okay. So you choose getting laid over an allergic reaction. Is that because you Um, rejected him initially about the cat and then you're ready to hop in bed with him? I don't know. No. No. Ew. No what? I would go get a Claritin maybe. (laughs) I'd say, let's go to my place. I don't like him. Yeah, but he lives across. I can't the- date you don't, him. You don't like him. No. Wait, I thought you just liked him. You I know. just liked I him. You thought funny. he was funny. His cat's name is April, and he lost his virginity to her, or whatever. Did you lose your virginity to your boyfriend at eighteen? I did. Mm-hmm. Wasn't wonderful as it always is. It was amazing. <laughs> no. I was lunchtime. I don't know, senior year. <gasps> like we got to leave campus. The seniors did. Oh my god! Yeah, my boyfriend at the time he made me um, macaroni and cheese. Oh my god! Yeah. He cooked for you. Yep, yeah, we had fifteen minutes because you know you had to get back to class. Oh my god! Wait, <laughs> losing your virginity and actually making mac and cheese yeah. in fifteen minutes and back to school and back to school. Yeah. That's no impressive. time to change the sheets, I tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what is your favorite sick day movie? Oh, God. I know, it's a There's tough... so many. Like a movie that makes you feel cozy. And yes, that, uh, a, com- a movie of comfort. Heartburn. It, what's that? The one with Meryl Streep and Jack Nicholson. That does not sound Nora like it's Efron. a good... Oh. You have to see it. It's really fucking good. Okay, all right, all right. It's about Nora Ephron's relationship with Carl Bernstein, who was the Washington journalist, and how he was a perennial bachelor, and, and he cheated on her again and again. It's fucking awesome. When was it made? When was it made? Late 80s. Heartburn, all right. It would be something like that. Heartburn, something's gotta give. 
It would okay, be okay, Nora okay. Ephron. Okay. All right. I, yeah. I, like, I'm into something's got to give. Okay. What was on your bedroom wall at age 12? Uh, rainbows. Did you draw these rainbows or were they Wallpaper. Oh, you didn't have posters or anything? No. No posters. Your parents Too were Too many strict. rainbows. <laughs> My brother had all the Kiss solo albums in a, like a quadrant because they each did a solo record. I remember that. I remember what was on my brother's wall, but I don't remember me putting anything up on mine. Paula Abdul. That seems to be like the common thing. No. On my brother's wall, there was a Marines recruitment poster. Hilarious. That said, uh, we only want the good men. Or, yeah. Or, no, it wasn't, that's not quite right. It's going to kill me because it was such a theme in my life. We don't ask for experience. We give it. <laughs> <laughs> John Stamos. He was on your wall. Mm-hmm. Just like was, it was. It was like after red after I did Grease Two, which was my first movie. I got into a head-on collision. I couldn't finish the movie, and I was in bed for three months. And my parents let me finally get a phone in my room. I was fifteen. I got a little brown princess phone, and I had John Stamos's poster on my wall because I watched General Hospital because they let me have a TV in my room while I was recuperating from going through a fucking windshield with my face. God. And John Stamos, I'm just gonna gloss over the accident. <laughs> Because exactly. Why? I mean, that's like, but I don't grease to priorities. Yep. Stamos. Stamos. Stamos was a very safe choice for a person of your age. I think at that time, in terms, it was he. They're like he was blacky. Was what like, was his name on General Hospital? <laughs> what was his name, please, Cassie? Fact checky. Stony. Come on. It was blacky. <gasps> what? I'm so excited. Let the audience note that the guest is doing a victory oh. dance with long horn fingers, throwing up horns. Oh my God. Parish. Yes. Damn. That's amazing. Okay. So, what is a trait that you dislike in yourself? And then, what's a trait that you dislike in others? No, it's not. I, these are awesome questions. These are amazing, incredible. Um, a trait that I dislike in myself. <laughs> you brought it back. I is, see. Well, you know that I get any neediness. Yeah. You know, with my kids and anxiety, I get really bad anxiety. What do you do for it? Cook. I cook. I like to cook too. It is like a place of refuge. Yeah. So, I got them last night. I get the Sunday scaries. Yes, I do. So. Do you get the Sunday oh, scaries? Oh, fuck yes. No, I mean, it usually happens around Monday at like 7.15. For me, it's Sunday, you know, so I got it last week on Monday because it was a three-day weekend, so the Sunday scaries got pushed over. But yeah, it's just about because I have to think of, of a million of things. Well, I'm running you, a lot of shit. And your Monday probably starts at like 5 a.m. or whatever. So yeah. You, so yeah, there's and you're producing your writing. You're, But it's it's more like where are my kids today? Right. Where are they sitting in their lives? How are they? It's the saying you're only as happy as your unhappiest child. So if even one of them's off a little bit, I'm not quite right. Oh. You know, so if somebody's sad or bummed out or whatever, it's it's nagging. It's there. Yeah. It's like if a, they're not a presence in your okay, yeah, yeah. they need to be taken care of. You never stop worrying, even if they're over eighteen. You know, 
You never stop worrying. What uh, a terrible thing. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. I sort of feel like, am I numb a little bit now to the anxiety? Because like when the, they're babies, it's like yeah. they feel so fucking fragile. And you're also being adjusted to that nervousness of like dropping or like per yeah. diaper rash or whatever. And then I think you kind of get into a place where you sort of learn how to live with the nervous anxiety. Yeah. Because you can't keep up with that hyper, yeah. that elevated level all the time. So there, like, there's this numbness. Yeah, it's just that kind of electric eels sometimes happens in my body when I'm, you know, thinking about things that are happening and then in terms of professionally your obligations and a lot of people are depending on you and things like that. So, and I bet you take the fucking best care out of like your crew and your cast and yeah. that is an amazing quality in a leader, but it is also can be taxing when you've got like 18 other things to but you know whatever performance and line like all the yeah. shit the faces the whatever the fucking all the shit because i'm not as good at it as i imagine you are but i feel that a little bit here at mom mm-hmm. it's just like i want to make sure everyone's happy like and yeah. and i put that on myself as a responsibility yeah okay disliking others just people who are rude people who are cold um, people who are ungrateful, entitlement, all of those things I'm not fond of. You know, be who you are with everybody. You know, if you're sitting with Barack Obama or the guy who is bussing your table, be the same person to everybody. Have you had moments as you produce and direct and write where you've seen the duplicity? And does Ugh. that make you like, I mean, I say that because as actors, Horrible. So we get glimpses of sometimes, but mm-hmm. mostly we're protected from it. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to give you your choice. Okay. To whom would you like to apologize and why? What single thing would improve the quality of your life? What do you consider your greatest achievement? Don't go with the dog. Jesus Christ. It can't this be anything. a lot of fucking homework right I know, here. I know. Or you can answer one of the other ones. Pick your own question. Let me see. Favorite children's book, I Are You bet. My Mother?, Favorite toy, slime. Slime? Slime. This, it was the stuff that can. Is it anxiety can. releasing for you? Oh, I'm sure. I didn't know that slime was a thing as a child. Oh, loved it. Barbies. I loved Barbies. I was obsessed. We got some things to show Girl. you here, Pamela. What oh did you? God. What's the most fucked up thing you've done with Barbies? <laughs> That's what she said. Um, I don't know. I just played hard with them. Like, my best friend and I, when I was growing up, her name was Debbie Durier. We lived across the street from each other. She had the townhouse, and I had the plane, the airplane. What? I know. The plane is impossible to get. It was, I sold it in a garage sale for candy money. I needed candy money. We used to play Barbies, and, like, we would take turns being Ken and Barbie. And and I remember we would have fights, and I would we would, like, stick our tongues out at each other with the dolls. But then later, I got my kids Barbies, and my oldest daughter, Gideon, she would throw the dolls in the air, and I would be like, what is your problem? And they would land over the fence. We couldn't get them, or their heads would pop off. And then she cut Ariel's hair off. And I was like, this is desecration. You don't fuck with Barbie. So anyway, first well, big trip. Well, I used to have a Barbie oh, whorehouse. What? Uh-huh. What do you mean? 
Please tell me. Wait, hand me, hand me my Barbie. I'll show you. So, um, yeah, as I got older, so I played with Barbies like this, like, mm-hmm. I hate you, mommy, whatever. And then as I got older, it was like, oh, yeah, Barbies. I'm going to have a Barbie whorehouse. So I had this mm. whole thing, and I had this fountain where I had all the Barbies' legs spread like this. So it was a fountain. So as soon as you walked in, you could mount the Barbie. <laughs> Wait, how old were you? How old I, were we? I, <laughs> Anna! I was probably 12. Is that, t- what do you think? See, I was, my parents were way more strict, oh, no, no, conservative. No, no, no. Like, I didn't even know. Oh, no, no, no. I did this all on my own. Wow. Oh, yeah, no, my mom would have been like, what's a whorehouse? Oh, my God. I love Barbies, so too. Me, too. I love... Who is that? Uh, she's Christmas special holiday. She's the commemorative one. I didn't keep Copy. her in her special packaging. Oh my God, but, you threw her like my daughter. Well, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, now, yeah. Wait. Where are you? My first big trip was going to Bermuda, okay. Nassau, or B- Bermuda. My mom I was a travel you just agent. Took over. Oh. So we went on cruises. What did I want to be? I wanted to be a lawyer. Why? I wanted to be an attorney. And everybody would say, you're going to be an actress. You're going to be an actress. And it would piss me off. And I would say, uh, excuse me. No, I'm going to be an attorney. Cut to. <laughs> what was your first boss like? I don't know. I bet I worked for a guy who had a store in retail and I ghosted him because he was so abusive. Oh. Greatest fear. Heights. Why, why did you have to ghost him? So he was still stalking I didn't you? like him. I don't like him either. But why did you have to ghost him? Usually your first boss you don't have any contact with. I don't actually know who my first boss was because I did all those jobs oh, as a right, kid. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, of course. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. We did some of these. Do you want to do any more of them? Um, my greatest achievement is my kids and who they are even though that's their achievement, but just that I'm alive and that they're in the world and they're like iconic. They're each like Robert Plant walking around people. They're fucking crazy great. And my show, my show. Isn't it kind of amazing when your kid cracks you up? Oh, it's the best. Yeah, it really is. Lately, Jack's been saying all these like funny, clever things. And I'm like, man, he's just seven. And then I'll come into his room to remind him to brush his teeth or put yeah. on his PJs or yeah. that it's dinner. And he'll be watching like a YouTube thing. And there'll be some punk kid saying the adorable thing that he just said that felt like it was ahead of his time. And it's like, no, no, no. He has no original thoughts. Oh, my God. <laughs> he doesn't. That's so funny. Like, no, 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 no. This was all just an illusion. Because you know what I was going to say to you? What? When he says something that's great, write it down. <laughs> but his content did. <laughs> is compromised, so... No, so Whatever, I, Jack! Yeah, that some fucking asshole writer yeah. like, wrote it already, had some punk kids say it, and now my adorable little blonde son is saying things that are a little bit obnoxious, exactly. but, but kind of seem advanced. Closest I've come to death... Well, do we ever really know... But maybe the time I was on a plane I where the heard, cockpit okay. caught fire. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Earlier today, I was asking Alice and Janie. Yeah. I said, so Pam's coming. Like, what are the things that I should avoid? Are there things that I should, like, you know? And she said, oh, she has the craziest 
airplane story. And I said, no, 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 no. I, I don't know if I like feel like once you hear those things, like, and we as humans, we feel the need to dissipate our trauma. Like we have to like spread it out. Totally. So, so it diminishes within us. So but we just Janie plant the seeds. But was and with it, me when a weird thing happened. That's why she knows why it's fresh in her head because we spent Christmas together. Yeah. Now that I've prefaced it like this, will you... So I was coming to LA from New York and we were about 45 minutes into the flight and all of a sudden we smelled You're coming cooking. to LA. Yes. So you're, so you're like over New Jersey right now or something like that. Yeah. I don't even know. Wherever. You're just, you're in the East Coast. And this guy next to me said, are, are they making cookies? Because there's not supposed to be a meal on this flight. And then I was like, I don't know, bro. And then the captain burst out of the cockpit and then the whole um, cabin filled with smoke. And he like yelled at the flight attendant, get me a fire extinguisher now. And he opened the overhead cabinet and there was none in there. And he had to run to, we were in first class. I was in the second row. So I was right by the cockpit. Why isn't there a meal being in, if you're in first class? Because this was like a weird time. (laughs) I know. I'm sorry. Wait, there's holes in this story. (laughs) So then he runs to business class to get a fire extinguisher. Fire extinguishers. It goes back into the cockpit and they have smoke hoods, whatever. They have smoke hoods? Yeah. The flight attendants? Yeah. And they, we made an emergency landing. That's when you landing. always like look to them if there's turbulence. You're like, you gotta check them up there. are looking a little nervous. But you see them in smoke helmets? No, to get into the cockpit because there was... That's an alarming sight. Oh, it was... See. I mean, yeah. the whole thing must have been pretty like, ah, but that's... I was feels- like kind of in a very zen place. I was just kind of out of my body and looking at it because I was going through my divorce at the time. And I just was like, oh, this is going to make it easier for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> he could take all the fucking money and everybody's going to be happy. They'll remember me fondly. <laughs> that's, what that, that's how I felt. So we made the emergency landing in um, Dulles. And so the guy who was sitting across from me and the guy who was next to me and then the woman who was next to the guy, we all kind of trauma bonded on the flight. And the way people remember it is because they called it a celebrity filled flight you know, flight 127, because there was a Jersey boy, Jared Spector, was on the flight, and Olsen twin, oh, she was dating Justin Bartha. So it was Mary-Kate or Ashley Olsen, lovely. Yeah. And I was in the front, and I was probably, they called me Panorama Andron from Californication. Didn't get my name right, but so when we landed, I had to call my nanny and say, don't let the girls listen to the radio. I'm fine. I have to take a flight in the morning, blah, blah, blah. And so then I kept in touch with Manish, who was the guy sitting across the aisle from me. And that Christmas, I stayed at his apartment in Union Square. And then we were all going up to Hudson with Janny and like everybody was going to meet up there. And I was going to stay at a bed and breakfast. And so I called to talk about my reservation. And the guy on the phone said, Pamela, I was sitting on the plane with you. And I said, no, I'm in that guy's house who was sitting on the plane with me. And he said, no, I'm John. I was sitting to your right. He owned the bed and breakfast in Hudson where I fucking what? stayed when what? me and Janny and Allison Mackey and Johnny and every, it was, I, so I said, what are you saying? I fell to the floor because I was in Manisha's apartment, but I hadn't told the girls about that until years later. I didn't want to freak them out about oh, getting sure, on a plane. Sure, sure. Oh my God, that's so smart. Yeah. That's amazing. Pretty crazy. 
Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Pamela, we're going to call somebody. Okay. And we're going to hear what they have to say. Who is it? Well, this is Alex. Hello. Hi, Alex. It's Anna Ferris. Hi, Anna. Hi. I'm here with Pamela Adlin. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hi, Pamela. Hi. Hi. Is there a better thing than better things? There you go. <laughs> uh, will you tell us what's going on, Alex? Yes. Okay. So I've been really nice person my entire life and never hurt anyone. I grew up in a Christian home and I did all the right things. Never used drugs, had sex, smoked, nothing. Like I did everything by the book and God married a virgin and white and everything. And, you know, fast forward 14 years later, we've kind of had like, we're really good friends, me and my husband, but we don't have like physical attraction, which is crazy because he's not unattractive, you know. But anyway, so um, we've been great friends and we have four kids and I homeschool and I get involved in things and just kind of forget about the whole physical thing because I'm like, well, I didn't know. Like, that's the shame, but it is what happens. And I want to do the right thing. But anyway, he met this guy at church, of course, because it makes it more dramatic and they became really good friends, and I knew that I was in deep trouble because he, he's all the things, right? Yeah. So, oh, my gosh. Anyway, so I kind of was not economical with my emotions toward this dude, but I kept it secret, and I thought I could handle it. And then I didn't think he had any interest in me because I'm a little bit, a little bit older than him. But then one day, I don't know, it just, it went from zero to 100 in one day and boom I'm pregnant and it kind of got out of control really fast and we both had like really strong feelings for each other but we both knew that it was you know like the wrongest thing we felt really bad about the whole thing and it's just been crazy anyway so I guess I would like feedback on how crazy this is but my question is like how do I move forward to make it right by both dudes because the thing now is that my husband is willing to forgive me which I think it's amazing because we love our kids and you know how old are your kids your four kids so my kids are 13 and then two years less each one all the way down to seven 
You church people get crazy. We do, right? <laughs> yeah, oh man. God. It's always the, the Christians. If the, what the heck? It's if the, the church is rocking, don't come thing. knocking, Alex. My God. <laughs> oh my God. So, you're killing me, but you're right. It's so I know. But what that's about... what makes it worse because yeah. you, I, you try your whole life to be perfect and then boom. Anyway. So the other guy, he, the younger guy, is he in a relationship? Does he have kids? No, no, no. He's not. And he, you know, like there was a point where there was like a crossroads where my husband was like not decided. He's like, I don't think I can do this, blah, blah, blah. And he, he didn't tell me like he had feelings for me. It, it kind of happened later. And so I felt like, okay, well, you know, I, my kids are devastated. You know, my oldest kid was really good friends with him. He taught her music and all that stuff. And so the cat's out of the bag. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. All my friends dropped me. Like, basically, it was like excommunicado, you know? Wow. So it was really hard. And, and honestly, like, it's been super long nine months, but... I just want to do the right thing. I want the guy to be able to see his baby, right? Like, I don't want to keep hiding lies and, you know. Right. Kinda. But then I also want not to make my husband super upset. So I can't really push for, you know what I mean? Like, I'm at the hands of whatever he wants to do. But then I'm like, I also feel really bad because I, I did this to everyone, you know. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I hear a lot of uh, guilt from you. Well, yeah. But I I was also disciplined by guilt by atheist parents, which has right. been a hard thing for me to work out. But when you preface your story by talking about how good you've been, it makes my heart ache for you a little bit because I don't want you to think that you're bad at all you know like I, I just don't think that that's a place to kind of grow from I guess right but I don't like that you feel like this is your I mean we're all fallible and you know you have a beautiful baby growing and you have this crazy story oh my <laughs> but I mean uh, this is like <laughs> so you you haven't had the baby yet no I'm close but um <sighs> So Yeah, and so that's kind of terrifying, too, you know, because I don't know how the dynamic is going to be, and I don't know. We don't have all the details ironed out on, on what we're going to do. Sure, and that's okay. I think things will be in flux. It's definitely worth some healthy, lengthy conversations, but also you won't have everything figured out ever. You know, none of us will, because things will be in flux when the baby's older or whatever. Like, it'll just be constant. Yeah. How does the baby's father feel? Well, he's really devastated because, you know, he he's not like a deadbeat guy that doesn't want to like when we found out you know I literally we were just crying and I was like oh my gosh how did this happen and but he's not the kind of guy who's like oh well you guys deal with it or whatever he really wants to be involved with the baby even if it means he'll never see me again or whatever are you guys kind of in love with each other I mean you said he was a lot younger younger men tend to fall in love I know and that's the thing like nobody could believe it because they're like who wants a lady that has four kids you know like <laughs> even my husband was like I just can't believe like why would he <laughs> what 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 
Wait, wait, wait. That, that's a whole other issue. Okay, yeah. We'll, t- we'll take issue with that in a second. No, no, no. But he's really sweet. He's just, I mean, obviously he's hurt, so he's going to say Right, right, things. right. Gosh, you're wise. But anyway, so he wants to be a part of the baby as much as he can. But are you guys still, still seeing each other? No, because when it all happened, my husband just took a job, like, cross, like, the country. And we moved in a zap, in a zip zap. And we just left everything. It was like overnight, pretty much like two weeks later, we're gone. Oh, boy. Oh, my gosh. You, oh, man. So you're in this place of kind of, of solitude. That is tough. I'm sorry. I don't know a single person here. And yeah, so, and my family also, like, they're now coming around because, like, the due date's near. And they're like, well, fine. You know, the baby's coming, so we gotta. Well, I was gonna say that to you, Alex, that might give you some solace is that the baby is a rebirth, a renewal, and it also will be the death of this bad feeling. Like, the baby is coming and you guys are all welcoming the baby into the world. People aren't going to hold on to that shit. The kids are going to lash out at you. It's always going to be a thing in between your husband and yourself. Right. You know, it's about you having the discipline to be able to raise this child. And, you know, your other kids who are 13 to 7. But, you know, if you're not into your husband anymore, that's another thing that you (laughs) might need to look at. We're trying to make the best of things. Obviously, like, it's really new. And uh, at some point, we'll do some like counseling and, you know, do all that stuff. So you guys moved specifically because of this or there was a job opportunity or it was a sort of a combo? No, yeah. No, it was because of this. Because when I, like, obviously I wasn't planning on living this double life. Like I couldn't even hold it in very long. And I told him, I was like, I got to tell you the worst thing ever. And it was like, even remembering makes me have contractions. Oh, I think it's really strong, and I, I think it's very noble and amazing and appropriate, probably, that you are so complimenting towards your husband. But moving away from your community with four kids with a fifth on the way, that feels just a little... That, that, that's, you know, I, I just hope it wasn't punishment. I hope that he just, that he means his forgiveness. Because, it, wa- it was, it was because not trusting her. And it was. But when you have five kids, you need your friends and family. He punished everybody by moving, even though he has every right to be angry and freak out. Right. You know, including himself, because he's not, you know what I mean? Like, he lost his own community. Sure, but was there, like, that decision feels like, did that come out of shame from his perspective? Like, he's too embarrassed? No, I think it was more fear because, you know, when I told him everything, he asked me everything, and I. I was like, well, screw it. If I'm, I'm not gonna keep lying to this man. I'm just gonna tell him everything, and if it's gonna work out, then he has to know the truth. And I've been telling him for years, like I, you know, I feel lonely. I feel like you're not trying. Da da da. And nothing ever worked out. And okay, so you you were reaching out to him. You were clanging a bell before this happened. Oh, I I've been doing this for, but because and like in the great scheme of things. He's a great guy. Like, I have no excuse to be like, okay, bye, you know. But, um, and my kids, I mean, I just like my kids are everything. So How old they are you? adore him. I'm 35. Oh, my God, I, you're young. Yeah, I got married at 20, bro. 
Oh man! Oh, so this. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. What does your family think? My mom is like business, and she's really upset, and she's like, you know, she's just really disappointed, you know, because I was her star child, and you know, and now I'm. So, are you gonna stay with him for twelve? 12 more years because your seven-year-old will be right. 18 and 12 years. Like, I just think, <laughs> you know, I'm doing the math because, yeah, life is short. And here's the thing, you know, you have to do the damage control. So where are you now? This is where you are now. Everybody is pissed off at you. Your kids right. feel like they're never going to forgive You're you. You're beating yourself up day in and day out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But you were saying to him, look at me, man. I feel lonely. I feel sad. I don't feel like you're pointing your attention. Nothing's coming in my direction. You made your mom upset. But your mom, if you sit down with her and have a conversation with her, you said your mom was a single mom, right? Yeah, yeah, she was. You know, she's eventually going to come around. This baby is going to heal your community oh yeah i mean she's actually literally like my family apologizes by buying gifts so i've been getting gifts in the mail the last week so i know that that's like yeah. all right Good. we like we love you still right right i feel like you should do something as simple as having like a town hall and saying okay everybody <laughs> yeah I fucked Rodney because I was very lonely and he fulfilled a lot of needs. Now I'm having a baby. Can we just, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) I don't know, man. I've already said I'm sorry so many times that I'm like, guys, listen. I totally, I mean, it's like if people need to like, whatever, vent their stupid shit. And your husband is one thing, but other people in your life passing judgment over and over again, that's that's like a red flag in a person, I think. So maybe be wary of some of those people because we all have, we're all guilty. This is so interesting because this reminds me of, you know, you don't have a secret. Yeah. Here's the thing. You don't have a secret child. Everybody knows about it now. The cat's out of the yeah, bag. Yeah, everybody knows. You fucked up, yeah. you know, and then the crazy part that Anna was talking about is that your husband was like, why do you want your ass? You're a mother of four. Ew. It's like, fuck you. That is exactly what you were saying to him. You were like, hello, notice me. And that's the thing that came back from him. You keep saying he's a great guy, but he. No, yeah. I mean, he just couldn't believe that somebody like usually younger guys want, you know, like somebody, you know what I mean? No, they want mommies. (laughs) but we're just super compatible that's all you know like it wasn't it wasn't about the physical that was like the end and it didn't even last that long and you know but but alex i think and might be hard to hear but i think what pamela was talking about is a really fair point you have shouldered the burden of your transgression and that's appropriate yeah but i also want you to be able to have some degree of perspective on all of this yeah you know like yeah as the world will open up as time passes as 
the baby gets older or whatever, your family and friends or whatever, they're going to be mired in their own shit. So like the gossip train will stop because it'll be boring and they're going to have their own fucking affairs and they're just going to do their... <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, totally, totally. Just wait. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I just think that you've been so forthcoming. I admire your honesty. Yes, completely. I would never have had the courage. Thank you. Ever. No, except when she got to be about <laughs> eight months pregnant, he'd be like, yo, what the fuck? And then you're like, it's yours, baby. <laughs> well, and he, he made such a big deal when he got a vasectomy. He told the entire world. So it's obvious oh, that it's shit. not his. Well, listen, to me, it seems like you have the strength clearly because this is unbelievably difficult what you're going through. And I admire that you've been honest with people. Um, you may still have feelings for this younger guy. And that's maybe its yeah. own thing because that may have been a degree of passion that you hadn't felt for a while after having four kids and being married at 20. I think everyone can relate to the idea of like someone making you feel alive again. And I think that it's really just very impressive that you have been honest and you've, you're trying to solve this problem. But the thing is, is that I don't know if this problem was just yours in the making. I don't mean to say this to instigate any argument between you and your husband but i do think especially as you're about to give birth if you can find a way to let yourself have some peace and understand that you know beating yourself up or letting people in your life right now at this important time like make you feel any degree of stress it's just not good physically yeah you know that's really good point you need a body man right now yeah you need somebody to you need somebody to call your friends and be like fuck you i'm about to go into labor you can't do do this alone you need somebody that you love and trust you need somebody you gotta have a body man you can't be doing this alone. Yeah. And if you don't have one right now, then you need to focus on the baby. I want to ask you one very, and I, I, excuse me if it sounds disrespectful. Go ahead, go ahead. Did you choose to have the baby because of your religious beliefs or because of your feelings for this guy? Both. Hmm. I feel like once you've had a baby, like, they're everything. And I, I mean, you know, when I just found out I had all kinds of, terrible thoughts but then I thought well you know it's here and what are we gonna do you know I want for you and your baby think about your well-being and just not punishing yourself this baby will be loved it'll be loved by everybody but I would clock some of the things like your husband sounds incredible but I would just take note silently for a minute or maybe to people you trust but if you are at all feeling like he's forgiven you but not actually forgiven you you know if there's that lingering because that is a tough burden if you're being told that you're forgiven but you're not that he's not saying shit right about you it's, to your kids. it can't be like this gift that he's right. bestowing on you as well yeah pamela's right too it can't be like oh, i totally I am agree so, with what i am saying. so pure as your husband that i would grant you the gift of forgiveness <laughs> right. i just want you to if he has those kinds of inclinations like if he's not your partner right just take note of some things and then maybe revisit it the next you gotta make sure he really is over it i don't know that and he might not 
I mean, could who could that. be, but he may have moments where he's like, I hate you, you betrayed me or whatever. But if the majority of the time, if he is a loving, supporting partner, that's a, a good thing. It should be all of the time, but right. people lash out sometimes. You know, also, Alex, is he going to allow the young Christian brother, <laughs> father of your oh child, Mr. X, to come and visit and because you said that he said he could be as involved as he can what about the hubs what is your husband gonna do he moved you across the country well that's the thing like it's kind of in his hands and he basically wants him to be able to see the baby and he wants him to pay child support are they still homies or no well the weird thing is they have a monthly call it's the weirdest thing and they talk Every month, <laughs> like once to kind of see how everything's going and That's really blah, blah, blah. amazing. This is weird. Have That's they, crazy. so we, Alex, have they talked? It's freaking crazy because uh, yeah, like do, whenever that happens, the, that day that they have that call, like they sound like they're besties and then it's not good afterwards. Oh, anyway, no. um, why, 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 why is it not good? Like, what do you mean? Did you just, well, because it wakes up ghosts. It wakes up ghosts. Because then he comes back and it, it, it brings up all the shite. Yeah, but you why know? does your husband have that? Like, what, is he sort of a mentor in the church? Yeah, he wants to be able to feel like I don't know. Honestly, I haven't asked him because I don't ask him anything. I whatever he wants to give me about the conversation, I, I'll listen. But usually, it's like two hours, and then he'll give me like a minute and a half. So I don't really know. I think Alex, to me, like there's a bunch of things that kind of don't add up, which is probably what you're feeling. I think because it is baffling yeah. that they have a once a month phone call it is baffling a little bit if they were really tight why this guy like pursued he just wants to make sure that this other guy is not trying to take you, know, you? work something on the side oh, oh yeah wait so your husband is doing this once a month phone calls as like a proactive measure in terms of like i don't is want you to take to my yeah, role? yeah i think so just yeah, pretty much, I think. So what does he say to him? Like, hey, like, you need to find, like, your own lady? Like, what do they talk about on these hour and a half? Well, they, they talk about, like, what the plan is, what it's going to look like when the baby comes. And, you know, he's like, I'm going to be the dad. And you're you're the father, yeah. But I'm going to be the everyday dad. And you're going to have to be okay with that. And you can visit. But it's not going to be... You're never going to see her ever again in your life. And you can see the baby and... Oh, he, your mom you're, and your sister. You're not see. allowed to have contact with him. Right. Ever oh, again. Wait. Otherwise, if I have contact with him, toast. What do you mean? You're so. going to fuck him? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> if I, no, no, but you like, guys still have feelings, clearly. Well, well, I didn't say that. But yeah, but, anyway. yeah, but, but Alex, um, it sounds like, and forgive me if I'm being presumptuous, I feel like we could talk for like, I don't know, 48 hours. Um, because there is a lot here and I am definitely feeling my unqualifiedness. But what's your age difference with your husband's? Me and my husband are four. He's four over me. So it seems like there's a control element that I'm sort of picking up on a bit. And I could be so out of my lane, which I probably am. I usually do drift. But but it's like, it's one thing. If if you agree to forgive somebody for causing you pain, then I think that that should be a step towards progression. Right. As opposed to like setting the rules of like you can never see. I can understand why he would 
be like, I don't want you to have contact with him. At the same time, it feels it feels a little like that's something that you say you're upset and it's not like three or four years in. It just feels like she's like trapped by all these men. Yeah, yes, it's yeah. Like men yeah. are And then you're getting moved you. and you're isolated from your people you know, and they get to control the where's narrative. Where's the joy? Where's yeah, the joy? where's the joy? And the joy is in your children. I know that. Right. But are your friends still your friends? They all dropped you or that you still got somebody who says, hey, man, it's okay. No, no, they they all pretty. I would say all of them, but this one lady, but she lives in another country. So she, yeah, she's the only person that texts me every now and then. Oh, reach, use her. Use her, though. Use her. Use an ally that you feel comfortable with. Even if you don't talk to her too frequently, like be aggressive Facts. with anybody who's making you feel a sense of light right now. Because that's what you need. That's what your babies needs. That's what your other kids need. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's lame for people to be judgmental. I mean, we all, all of us fucking fuck up yeah nobody really knows what's going on in intimate relationships so it feels a little cruel for people to abandon you right now especially when you're pregnant and you need to feel a sense of serenity so you can have you know let's circle back find love in your life and find support you need support you You really need to find support you have beating the shit out of yourself and everybody else has. This is a fucked up situation. You did a monstrous thing, but is it really monstrous? Is it really, did you kill somebody? You didn't. No. You gave in to something that you needed. And for me, you know, Anna and I were talking before and I'm single and I'm so happy in my life (laughs) not being in a relationship. You need to look at your life and, you know, you're being so punished right now. Even you're living in purgatory. So you've got to look at everything. You can't make any huge moves right now. You've got to have your right. baby, have a safe, healthy delivery for yourself and give it a year. Yeah. And then look at where you are. Thank you so much. And remember that this baby was born out of like passion and love, but you both deserve like, yeah, like like degrees of joy. And your baby deserves that. And your kids deserve that. And you deserve it. And you know what? Your kids will forgive you. Oh, fuck yeah. They they already are just on to the next thing. They will forgive you. They will love and know this baby. And that's going to be a new phase for you. Yes. But think about your life in terms of not these men. And this will be also a great way for you to find people in your life who are like unforgettable. Like this person who lives abroad or whatever, and they'll be in your life. Because these other people that are passing judgment, they're just like stupid shit talkers. They don't have enough going on or whatever. You know, it scares people. Yeah. You're scaring yeah. everybody. This is very triggering for Nobody everybody. Wants to get dirty. Nobody wants their hands to get dirty. In exactly. But, but I get it. everybody's hands are bitter, dirty, but... though. Exactly. Alex, everybody's guilty, as you know. Listen, just try to give yourself peace try to find peace and get to the place where you you sit with your kids and say I really want this baby to be welcome and are you guys good with me do you have any questions for me yeah this is a really big one I but please know that 
you're loved. I love you. And I can't thank you enough for talking to us about such a big, vulnerable issue. And I'm really happy for you. Alex, Alex, you please be in care. touch. Thank you so much, family. I love you. And thank you. Take care of yourself. Thank you. Have a good baby. Thank you. <laughs> love you guys. Pamela, can you tell us a joke? Okay. Here we go. Here's a joke. I'm the worst fucking joke teller in the world. Oh, my God. My dad was the best. Um, What did the fish say when he swam into the wall? Damn. (laughs) I like it that you're starting to rock. I know. You're like, Uh, I'm starting to rock back Did you hear about the latest pirate movie? It's rated R. I only know kid jokes. <laughs> I can't. Um, Thank you for bringing something weird. It looks like it's a ball with, a, like a lotto ball. It's my dad's word ball. So, oh. so this is before the internet. And, you know, it's got all of these words on little pieces of paper in it. And you spin it. And if you're stuck when you're writing. So what word did I get? Hydraulic. Voluntary. Mm. It's just a word to trigger your brain. But that was my dad's in his office. That's pretty great. What a great you! You had a great family. It's just unbelievable to me that this still exists. Pamela, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. You don't understand. This was like I know you make me feel very loved and appreciated. So much for spending all this time here and for coming here and playing with me and talking with it was everybody. awesome and you're so amazing you're amazing i love you you're amazing i love you dear listeners good night good night, good night.